be, I, I want us to pray for them and that you also as the congregation would extend your hands and pray because this is a bunch of our young people and uh, young people, please come and spread yourselves across the front in front of each one of the leaders, okay? And don't all huddle up on this side, spread yourselves across. Come on, give them a hand, give them a hand. Now, before you start to pray, pastors, before you start to pray, uh, these young people, I wanna see this as a representation tonight of a younger generation that needs God, come on. Of a younger generation that needs God. Now. I see, I see that uh, as you guys are worshiping and so on, I, I see a love in your hearts for the Lord. But I, I do believe that the, the Lord wants to cause more of His fire to burn within you. A few more leaders to please come out. A few more of our life group leaders. So we are just going to pray for you that God would just saturate you as the young people tonight. Is that okay? Is that okay? All right. So we're going to pray that the Lord just fills you and saturates you Firstly, and secondly, we're going to pray. Listen to me now. Listen, we're going to pray that God would give you boldness. Boldness. I want to tell you, boldness will take you straight out of your timidity and it will cause you to do things that you would have never done in your natural. And I think that you could do with a bit more boldness. And so we're going to pray for that right now. So we're praying for two things. Firstly, for the Holy Spirit to saturate them. And then we are praying for boldness. And as we are praying for them, we're including the younger generation that is also in the meeting and listening and in our nation. All right? And we believe in that God is going to do a massive work of revival in this church with the young people in Jesus' name. Okay, so now team you can begin to pray begin to pray and lay your hands on them take your time and lay your hands on them and pray for them now congregation you extend your hands as we pray in the spirit come on congregation pray a little louder a little louder in your heavenly language saturate them Lord Lord, let our young people be on fire for you.
now let's begin to pray for boldness thank you Lord your word says the righteous are as bold as a lion thank you for boldness for our younger generation boldness in Jesus name boldness that they would not be intimidated that they would not give in to peer pressure that they would be bold by the Spirit that they would be bold by the Spirit saturated by your Spirit oh God saturated by your glory yeah Saturated by your spirit, oh God. Saturated by your glory. Waves of your glory. Waves of your glory. pray for everyone in this house tonight everyone listening in Jesus name I pray that you would reignite boldness that you would reignite boldness in our hearts Lord where we've shrunk back forgive us for shrinking back reignite boldness Lord it can only come by your spirit I pray for boldness in the hearts of men and women in Jesus name thank you Lord for boldness for our younger generation and the expectation that we have of what God will do. Lord, where were you? 
Where are you? So I just want you to go back to that moment. And then I want you to see the Father and Jesus standing right next to you. And He's saying to you, I am here. And Father told me to tell you tonight that you have to lean into Him. He wants you to lean into Him. So if you're imagining the situation that you faced situation that you've gone through and you're imagining Father God standing right next to you and he's saying to you lean into me it's the smallest action that you have to take you just lean into God and he will wrap his arms around you so I want you to see that in your mind now tonight I want you to see yourself leaning into God Proverbs 3 verse 5 says Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Well, God is telling you to lean into Him because He's right there. And yes, it might hurt. Yes, the finances might be difficult. Yes, you may have lost a loved one. Or yes, you're praying for a child. You have got an illness that you're trusting God for. But I want to encourage you tonight that He is right. And you have to believe it. You have to not lean on your own understanding, but you have to lean into God and trust Him to pull you through. So by faith, I speak over you tonight and I say, Father, help us to lean into You and to be strengthened by You tonight, to be carried by Your love and Your power. Trust in God. He has got so much in store for you. He wants to enfold you in His loving arms. He wants to bend His head down and lay a kiss on your head and say, My child, I love you. You are mine. I have called you by name. I know who you are and I know what you need. I just wanted to encourage you. Remember, lean into God and He will. He will pull through for you. He will heal you. He will comfort you. He will restore you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. I just uh, want to move downstairs there. So, um, I, I would like to take a moment before I share the, the, the message or the word that the Lord's laid on my heart, I feel we need to pray for marriages tonight. I feel we need to pray for marriages. And, and uh, you know, I think everything that we've gone through with uh, the pandemic and so on has, has really placed a lot of strain on, on homes, hasn't it? And uh, there's been perhaps strain on finances and different things like that. Um, sometimes it's now working from home and you're not used to being together as husband and wife and working from home. And then the kids, they aren't at school, they at home. Oh, Jesus, help us. <laughs> and, and sometimes there's a lot of strain. 
And so I'd like to take a moment and I'm going to ask uh, Bruce if he would just pray into marriages. Bruce, would you come and stand next to me? Actually, Pam, won't you come and stand with your hubby as, as he's going to pray? But um, now we're a family. Nobody needs to be shy. But I do want to encourage you that if you've had strain that you've experienced uh, in the last six to nine months in terms of the marriage, would you take the liberty and just stand right where you are? I'm sure there'll be many people that will stand. If you felt that you've had strain in your marriage and you are asking God to come and intervene and just settle things down, and, and bring his peace and his order there. Is there anybody else that wants to stand? Take this opportunity. We're also including people that are listening right now uh, online and uh, listening on whatever means you're listening. And so we're gonna ask that the grace of God comes into marriages and that in a new and a fresh way, there is healing. So thank you, Pastor Bruce, just to play, pray into that. Heavenly Father, I thank you that marriage is your God-ordained plan for a man and a woman, Lord, to become husband and wife in, in a covenant of marriage, Lord God. We thank you that your covenant is so holy and it provides such protection, Lord God. Father, today I pray that you will see each couple in this auditorium, whether they're standing or seated, whether they're holding hands or not, each married couple. I pray for marriages in our church, Lord God, and I ask that you, Lord, will begin to restore, that you will begin to heal, that you will begin to soften hearts. I pray that forgiveness will begin to flow between husbands and between wives. I pray, Lord God, that your word says that love does not keep a record of wrongs. And I just pray that even now, Lord God, those record of wrongs will be placed in your hands and that grace will be extended and that healing will come. Lord God, I pray that there'll be like a fresh start, Lord God, a fresh start, a new beginning. Lord God, at the same time, I come before you today asking that you will send forth ministering angels to guard and protect the marriages in our congregation. I pray that where the enemy and demonic forces have attacked and shot arrows and pierced through and caused brokenness and distance and disconnect, Lord, I pray that those enemy forces will be bound. I pray that they will be evicted I pray that your angels will go forth, Lord God. We're asking them to minister in power, Lord God, to evict every evil spirit, Lord God. We take authority in the name of Jesus against any evil spirit, and we say, leave in Jesus' name. We bind you in the name of Jesus, and we command you to flee. Father God, I pray that we marriages seem hopeless, where there seems to be no more hope. Lord God, we know that with you there's always hope. And we know that you are a God who does impossible things. So Lord, I pray tonight that you will heal some of those hopeless situations and that you will breathe hope in and that you, Lord God, will cause a husband to go to his wife tonight and to say, I'm sorry. 
and that you will cause wives to go to a wife to go to her husband tonight and say, I'm sorry. And I pray that as they utter those words, Lord God, grace will flow and softness will come into their hearts and love will rise up again. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for how you draw a man and woman together in a holy matrimony for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for the purpose of marriage, which is to bring godly offspring into the world. The next generation, Lord God, who can see your works, Lord, I pray that you will do this in our community, in our congregation, in our nation, Lord God. We speak life into our marriages, Lord. We speak healing into our marriages. Lord, I speak the name of Jesus over our marriages. And Lord Jesus, I plead your blood over our marriages. Bring healing, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, let's bless the Lord. Believe in God for change and believe in God for victory. Amen. Okay, won't you stand with me for a moment, please? Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. All right, now take a big breath, a big deep breath, and uh, then give your neighbor a high five, please. Give your neighbor a high five, and then you may take your seat. Thank you. I'm going over to the other mic. You know, interesting, um, I, I've enjoyed the uh, spontaneity of uh, these meetings. Have you enjoyed the spontaneity of tonight? And uh, I find it very refreshing. And uh, I love it that uh, we're not, uh, you know, restrained by being on television or something like that. We can just uh, navigate the floodplain of the Spirit of God. Don't you just love that? So, um, uh, I want to share with you just briefly, this is not, uh, you know, a normal 35-minute Sunday message at all, but this is something that I believe that the Lord laid on my heart in line with the people of God being strengthened. And uh, I believe that the Lord wanted us to also have this week of meetings because He wants to strengthen His people. He wants to strengthen you. And God wants to refresh you. How many of you say, I want refreshing and strengthening? Awesome, awesome. So I'm talking what I'd call the following, keep hope alive. Please say that with me, keep hope alive. Come on, a little bit louder. Keep hope alive. Now, just right off the bat, how are you doing in terms of your own heart and life? How are you doing in terms of hope? Are you maybe at this point in time feeling very weak? Are you maybe feeling like kind of normal in terms of your levels of hope and together with that your resilience? Are you maybe feeling very strong at this point in time in terms of your hope? If so, that is wonderful. And so I wanna make this statement as kind of an opening statement. Listen to this. There is so much hope, not in and of ourselves, but in and of God. Let me say that again. There is so much hope, not in and of ourselves, but in and of God. Now, that statement, there is so much hope, do you know it will offend the spirit of despair? 
So I want to say it again. There is so much hope. There is so much hope in Jesus Christ. It'll offend the spirit of despair, and I believe that it causes the spirit of despair to want to run away, wants to run away. There is so much hope, not in and of ourselves, but in and of God. And I, I found myself a while back, uh, out of the blue, I just began to say that here and there. I found those words coming up in my heart, and I said, there's so much hope. There's so much hope. Now, as somebody who a number of years back battled tremendously in this area, it was so wonderful that I was finding myself declaring this freely. I was saying there's so much hope. I was driving along in my car all by myself, and uh, all by myself. <laughs> I was driving along, and, uh, and I just found these words coming out of my mouth. There's so much hope. And then I was, I was walking on the church property, and, and these words came out of my mouth. There is so much hope. And then I, I, I was so excited about this, I decided I wanna share this on, fash, on, on social media as well. So I put this statement, there's so much hope. And then somebody contacted me and said, John, you shouldn't say that because there's so much hopelessness. And you don't understand that my family and my situation and this and that, so you shouldn't say there's so much hope. And I thought, my goodness, this does offend the spirit of despair. But instead of the spirit of despair, God gives you a garment of praise. He gives you this wonderful thing where you can rejoice in God, in the God of your salvation. And so I just became aware of that reality. And several times I was saying, there's so much hope. There's so much hope. Would you please say that with me? There's so much hope. Now, if you are facing a spirit of despair in your own life, go ahead and offend the spirit of despair. Say it with me. There's so much hope. Say it again. There is so much hope. <laughs> I love it. Now, I will show to you from the Word of God how that is entirely scriptural, entirely scriptural. And uh, by the way, firstly, the definition of hope, it is a favorable and confident expectation. When you have hope in your heart, you have favorable expectation regarding the future. You have a confident expectation. Now, the scripture, I've asked them to put it on the board. You can also turn to Romans 15 if you have your Bible. Uh, Romans 15 verse 4 uh, and then verse 12 to 13. It says here, it says as follows, for whatever things, this is verse four, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, I love that, the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have, what's that word, say it? Hope. Wow, that's lovely. Have you noticed that scripture before? Through the patience and comforts of Scripture, we might have hope. Jump to verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall have, what's that word? Say that. Hope, that's you and I. In Jesus the Gentiles have hope. And now, verse 13. And this confirms that statement that offends the spirit of despair. Now, may the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. There it is. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this tells me that I am fully entitled to declare as a child of God that there is so much hope. How can I say it? Because it says that you may abound in hope. Ah, come on, that's like, that's like manna to the soul, that we may abound in hope. And I'm so grateful that that scripture is there because it tells you and it tells me that hope does not need to be in short supply. But hope can be abounding in our hearts. Few things I'd like to point out to you that we live in a, in a world that has much pain and is crying out for hope. Isn't that so true? We live in a world where there's a lot of pain. And this world is crying out for hope. Sadly, looking in the wrong places most of the time. And if you just think of the headlines that we see in the news, we see headlines of despair and hopelessness. Just this week, some of the headlines, ex-cop is mastermind behind six murders. Another headline, school pupil stabbed to death by 14-year-old girl. Another one, teenage pregnancy crisis hits the land. Another one, municipalities in dire financial state. Another one, more people are living off social grants than salaries. Another one, Northwest father, father murders his two-year-old daughter. Golly. And I say to you, is the world in pain? Yes, it is. Is the world in need of the hope of God and of the hope of Jesus Christ? The answer is absolutely. And the Bible says in John 10, verse 10 and 11, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy but I have come that they may have something altogether different, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, praise God. And so yes, the enemy is still going out daily trying to steal and kill and destroy, but I have good news that the master is going about his work bringing life and freedom to whoever will receive it. The master is going about bringing hope to whoever will receive it. And that's why I think to myself, well, why don't more people want to receive Jesus? Because they don't understand the hope that is found in Jesus. Otherwise, they would fall to the ground right now, get on their knees and say, Jesus, I need you. Because I want to tell you, Jesus is our hope, hallelujah. He is our hope. Even Christians can face stints where we lose hope. Can I ask by a show of hands, how many of you have been through a time in your life where you faced a serious loss of hope for a period of time? Raise a hand if that's you. Wow, look how many hands are going up. Even Christians face this, a stint where there is a loss of hope. And by the way, we see many examples in the Bible, so you are in good company. There's many examples in the Bible of people who have faced hopelessness, but God came through and brought about a restoration in their situation. But the thing of a loss of hope can be very real. We know Proverbs 13, 12 says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred basically speaks of, of this aspect that you, you're really hoping for something to come, but it doesn't come. And this happens repeatedly and repeatedly, and eventually it starts to make us sick on the inside. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. In 2002, I had a personal crisis of hope. I came to a place where I was completely hope deferred. And I literally believed I did not have a future. I believed that. I felt like, I, I felt like there, was, there was nothing, nothing to live for, nothing to hope for. And I was in this place and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And I knew that God's word was somehow true, but I was even battling to spend time in the word of God. But I can tell you today that, thank God that it wasn't the end, because it's not the end until God says it is the end. And I wanna tell you in the same way that God took me out of that hopeless place, restored my hope, and God has made me a person that's a very hopeful person. I think I'm a pretty jovial person. I wanna tell you that God can restore your hope as well. To you who are hope deferred right now, I wanna tell you this is not the end. Don't stop now. And it's so sad when people wanna take their life because they think that this is the end, but it is not the end because if you will trust God, he will take you through the valley and he will bring you through on top and he will fulfill the desires of your heart. Maybe you found yourself in that place, a place where you've had no hope. Maybe it's been a bankruptcy. Maybe the sudden loss of the most important person in your life. Maybe your, your husband or your wife. Maybe it's been something else that you've suffered. Maybe it's been a marriage that has broken up. They say loss of hope is referred to as uh, the common cold of the soul. And so it actually affects so many people in life that so many people end up having a loss of hope. But I wanna encourage you through a scripture. And the scripture is in Psalm 42 verse 11. And it says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? And then here comes the answer, hope in God. Say that with me, hope in God. A little louder, hope in God. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. In other words, this ain't over yet. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance, and my God. You know what, oftentimes you can see on a person's countenance when hope has left the building. <laughs> you can see on their countenance. But this says so beautifully that God, that I will still praise him, the help of my countenance. He can even uh, anoint you afresh with the oil of joy that your countenance begins to change. I've heard some pastors say some people look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. But God can still restore your countenance that as he is smiling upon you, that you would be smiling back at God and say, God, my hope is in you. I thank you. I shall yet praise you, even though the circumstance is tough right now. And so I believe that we need to begin to make confessions around hope. Listen to this confession, a very simple one. Jesus, you are my hope. Would you say that three times with me out aloud? Here we go. Jesus, you are my hope. And again, 
Jesus, you are my hope. Come on, louder. Jesus, you are my hope. Wow. The confession of your mouth has a powerful effect over your life. I want to remind you that God has allowed you to be the prophet over your own life. And the words that you speak are so important, child of God. And the words that you speak over your children are so important. So make sure that you're speaking words of life and words of hope. And even to people who are extremely downcast today, I want to say to you, according to Psalm 3, verse 3, but thou, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, and you are the lifter of my head. And in the name of Jesus... Under the authority of Jesus, I take authority over any and every spirit of despair. We bind and break its power over anybody's life here in Jesus' name, and we declare that God is the lifter of your head in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We can have some spiritual warfare right in the middle of the message. Wow. Thank you, Lord. We declare, God, you're the lifter of my head. Just do a prophetic action right now. Just lift up your head and look up to God. God, you're the lifter of my head. Thank you, Lord. You are the lifter of my head. You are the lifter of my head. I will not be downcast. I will put my hope in God. You are the lifter of my head. I also want to say that there is so much hope in Scripture. Do you realize that Scripture has been given to you to bolster and build your hope? And it says in verse four of our passage, it says that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Maybe you should just realize this afresh today, that the scriptures are powerful for the pulling down of the stronghold of despair, and the scriptures are powerful for building hope inside of you. The scriptures are alive. And so I want to tell you that part of your success in living in abundance of hope is also scripture that you declare and that you speak out. And so this scripture tells us there is a clear link between scripture and hope, scripture and hope. And I want to tell you, if your heart is full of God's word, I want to tell you, you will have a lot of hope inside of you. How does the Bible give us hope? Let me tell you this quickly. The Bible tells us about God's character, and it assures us that it is safe to hope in Him. How does the Bible give us hope? The Bible tells us the truth about situations that we are facing instead of the lies, and that gives us hope. How does the Bible give us hope? It gives us many examples of people who overcame despair through uh, trusting in God, and that gives us hope as we read those scriptures. How does the Bible give us hope? The Bible urges us to endure, to rejoice, and to be encouraged. That's how the Bible gives you hope. And lastly, how does the Bible give you hope? The Bible gives us prophetic declarations concerning the wonderful future and destiny that we have in God in through and through all eternity. I want to tell you one of the ways in which we live in hope now in difficult times, in times of tribulation, is that we realize that we have a glory and that we have a crown in heaven. We have a place that God has prepared for us and we should be the people of the greatest hope on the earth. And so that's one of the ways in which the Bible also builds and bolsters our hope in making us realize there is an eternity beyond this world. And so one of the main purposes of Scripture is to impart hope. Let me tell you a little story about my dad. So 
Many years back, my dad was, uh, he had had a time of holiday down in East London on our farm. And uh, my dad was, uh, at the end of the holiday, it was a few days before having to return. And he did not feel like coming back to lead the church. You say, can a pastor get like that? Yes. <laughs> and so my dad, he just didn't feel like coming back. And there'd been some difficulties that he had had to deal with in the church during that preceding year. And here it was, December, starting into January, and he knew he had to come back. And he did not have the hope to return. But then God gave him a scripture. Isaiah 58, verse 11. And the Lord said to my dad, he said, the scripture, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. My dad's soul was in drought. <laughs> Maybe some of you can relate to that. You say, John, I'm hearing the word, but I, I, just to be honest with you, I'm still a little bit of drought inside of me. And so the Lord spoke to my dad and he said, I will guide you continually and I am gonna satisfy your soul in drought. And one word from God changed my dad. And after meditating on that word, for a couple of hours, the strength came back into my dad and he said, okay, I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to face another year to preach and declare the glory of God. Can we thank the Lord for the power of his word? <laughs> Hallelujah. But as I draw to a close, this is the very important one that I wanna say. There is so much hope as we draw, listen to me, on the power of the Holy Spirit. I said to you, there's a lot of hope as we draw on the word of God. But I wanna tell you, there is so much hope as we draw on the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I remind you that you've not been left as an orphan, that Jesus went to be with the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to be your helper in so many ways. The Holy Spirit illuminates the face of Jesus to you. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is the one that empowers you to be a witness. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, He causes hope to abound within you. You've got to know this, child of God, that He causes the hope to abound within you. It is not something that you can muster up in your own power. Now, just to read what it says in Romans 15, 13, it says, and I speak this over you, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, and here it comes, that you may abound in hope. We're talking about keeping hope alive. That you may abound in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I cannot make it any more clear than this. <laughs> How do you abound in hope? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Holy Spirit ministers to this to you in your heart, deep within you, that you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I wanna say to you, abounding is entirely possible. Abounding in hope is not, is not impossible. It's entirely possible. It is not an exaggeration. It is not an overstatement to say that you can abound in hope, but it is completely scriptural. And I wanna challenge you to not only just say, okay, well, I'm gonna believe God for more hope, but I wanna encourage you that you begin to get a vision for your life of abounding in hope. Some of you have never even thought of that. 
You've never thought that you could actually be. You, you could have a vision to abound in hope. And I want to tell you that by the grace and the power of God, by His Word, yes, but also by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I can abound in hope. Does anybody receive this Word tonight? Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Yes, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. And so I want to say, realize this, that the Holy Spirit is our power source. And so I want to challenge you. Let's get a vision for more hope in our lives. Let's get a vision for more hope in our lives. Now we lift up our hands to you, precious Spirit of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your word is clear. And I just read the scripture because scripture is powerful over your people. I say now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Holy Spirit, make that a reality. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, as our hands are raised to you, we realize that we cannot work up, we cannot work up hope. We are not generators of hope, but you are hope. You are hope itself. So we plug into you, Holy Spirit. Now, would you just drink in of the hope of heaven right now? Just take a moment to consciously just drink in, drink in, drink in, drink in of the hope that God gives you. And I pray, Lord, that for people that have been hope deferred of late, especially, Lord, fill them to overflowing. But we declare that this is our portion. We declare that this is our inheritance. And we will walk in the fullness of our inheritance. Now just pray in the heavenly language for a moment as you just drink in more of the hope of God. Would you pray a little bit louder even though you've got your mask on? I want to hear those prayers. God of hope. Cause us to abound in hope. And we declare that hopelessness and despair is under our feet in Jesus' name. But we will abound, we will abound in hope. And Lord, we just want to declare that we give you all the honor and the thanks and the praise. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Now, would you give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Awesome.